Okay, and welcome again to the Old Health Heart Health Podcast. My name is Joel. I'm joined this morning again by Kathy. Good Hi, morning, Joel. Kathy. Uh, we are here for podcast number 22, October 21st, 2009. Once again, just remember for any show notes and support materials, visit us at www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcasts. Uh, so today we're going to review uh, last week's challenge, which wasn't, I don't think is quite as defined, well-defined maybe as some of our last challenges. It was a little more open-ended, you know, how much food is in your food. Uh, so we're going to go over that and cover some interesting things we found mm-hmm. and just uh, talk a little bit about this concept because I think we can refine it a little bit better and help people frame how they're looking at their food each day. And then we're going to get right into our main topic today. Uh, kind of an exciting one for us, I think, uh, just talking about this issue which is it's actually a, a, a topic that's talked about a lot, but not in the way we're going to talk about it today. We're actually going to go a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about fats. And so, you know, our last mm-hmm. 40 years, 50 years, uh, the American Heart Association, uh, the Pritikin Diet, you know, all these different places that really sure. gave us some information about, hey, we're eating too much fat was a really mm-hmm. good alarm at a time mm-hmm. we're getting it. But now the fat conversation needs to change a little bit, I think, when we talk about long-term health. We're going to go into that today. Uh, So let's go ahead and get started with today's podcast. Okay, and we're back. Um, So last week's challenge, let's get right into it. Uh, Talking about how much food is in your food. And you know what? I think part of what we're talking about here really is the fact that we look at a label we like mm-hmm. to flip that thing around and take a look. And I, I, this has been said so many times, and I have to say it again. You know, it looks like a science experiment going on in the back of that food. It looks like, you know, somebody's just like throwing you some bet. chemicals together. And all of a sudden, we're ending up with this this thing that we're saying, all right, let me try this out. Yeah. And, you know, not I think, sure what we're eating. Yeah, I think we're left at the end of the day as guinea pigs in some ways and not mm-hmm. really thinking of it that way. You're just like following along. Well, it must be safe. It must be good for me. It must be all these things. But uh, I think we're we're kind of touching on that today and saying, hey, there's more to it than that. You know, there's food that we can understand. There's food that we can look at. Like mm-hmm. I look at this apple and say, hey, this is an apple. I know what I'm eating. <laughs> right. As opposed to, you know, here's, I forgot what the ingredient was I was looking at today, like some kind of caramel carmine or something like that some oh kind boy. of coloring uh-huh. i'm like i don't even right. know what that is I, you know i've been in this for a little while i don't even know right. what that is what is what are we what am i eating and so um you know this week for the challenge um actually it was i was noticeably we noticeably ate more white flour this week um normally we were pretty good with the whole grains and do like the pastas and the breads and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff um but actually we ran out of flour and so we uh, of whole grain flour, so we made some white bread in our little bread maker, and uh, had some lots of white pasta. Cause mm-hmm. We had some bow tie and some different mm-hmm. kinds that mm-hmm. uh, we can't find necessarily in whole grain, and you know the frozen noodles that you put in the chicken noodle soup and that kind of stuff. Um, so comparatively, we actually had a lot more white flour than than normal. Um, we also had some pizza on Friday. Friday's our pizza night. Sure, uh, had some <laughs> of that, and then had my turkey dog, which I'm pretty sure had more than its fair share of non-food ingredients in it. Um, so all around, you know, it was a lot of that type of stuff. But what I really realized over this last week and really helped me to realize is um, I'm in a really good situation. My, me and my wife have been on this uh-huh. journey for a little while. And, you know, bless her soul, she's really been yes. patient with all my little <laughs> critiques. And I, I have to be careful every once in a while on how I kind of present stuff. Um, but, you know, she she's even become more mm-hmm. interested in it. She actually made a comment this week about saying, mm-hmm. hey, I think we've been eating more white flour than normal, and oh, she wow, didn't know anything about this challenge, yeah, sure. and she was just kind of bringing it up. But um, you know, really been uh, 
privilege. My wife gets to stay at home with our three beautiful yes. girls. And, you know, normally we have um, prepared foods that mm-hmm. she prepares for mm-hmm. us. Um, she's using real food ingredients. And so I realized even with some of the white flour we're eating, a lot of the meals contain real food, yes. uh, which was a good balance. And once again, it doesn't need to be 100%. We're not really looking to say, okay, everything's going to be perfect all the time. Um, but it's really finding that balance to say, okay, we can add food in. Um, so that was really just, um, I thought was really great all around to say, hey, we're, we're doing some of these things, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we're adding in real food. And um, what, what really kind of struck me is, once again, think about this issue of, who is preparing your food mm-hmm. for you? Who's mm-hmm. preparing my food for me? You know, at the end of the day, if it's somebody that cares about me, like my wife, she right. wants me to be healthy. She right. wants me to be healthy. She's thinking about that as she's preparing yes, the food. Like, oh, if this doesn't have enough fiber, we're not mm-hmm. going to do well this week. Or if this has too much sugar, you know, we're not going to feel really good. And so she's constantly kind of having that in the back mm-hmm. of her mind as she's preparing these foods for us. Uh, and I just really got me thinking that if we're putting our food and food preparation into the hands of large corporations and people that, you know, I Mm -hmm. I can't expect that a large corporation is going to care about my health. I really can't. I mean, to be honest with the situation, Mm -hmm. um, I think at the end of the day, I'm not like, oh, they're all greedy and money hungry. But at the end of the day, I can't really expect that a large corporation is going to care all that much if I'm going to get food that's going to make me healthier. And so, you know, it even was highlighted again, my, my, my little daughter was eating her yogurt mm-hmm. and, um, you know, looks down at the package and says, oh, strawberries <laughs> and bananas in here. And it's like, well, you know what? There were strawberries. There were actually strawberries and bananas in there. But uh, I think it really got my mind going on this mm-hmm. issue of, I think we think we're eating more real food than we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And I think the front label of foods, packaged foods, is really giving us this idea, especially when they're flavoring food that's not even really containing that actual food. They're just, right. you know, berry flavored. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, that's right. they're giving me this concept that there's actual, I'm actually eating berries. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm actually eating something that's really healthy for myself. But uh, it really struck me. I was reading this book, and I think it was Fast Food Nation. It was something like that. And you were, the author talks about, I can make the pages of this book taste like, and I forget what he, what he said, but you, know, you really can take cardboard and make it taste like anything. We take you know, these mm-hmm. nutrients, these food items now that have been completely stripped of the nutrients, and we can make them and taste. And flavor. Yeah, and flavor then... <laughs> and everything else, right. And then we just throw flavor back sure. into it, and we throw things back right. into it, um, and we think we're eating these right. foods because right. the front of the label... Right. You know, says this thing. And so, you know, it really struck me again when my daughter said that. It's just set my mind in a hundred right. different directions to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we really think we're eating a lot of real food. And so that was the challenge this week, eat real food. Uh, but if we're looking at the front label, we may think we're actually eating real food. But we flip that thing around and we see the science experiment going on in the back. Right. I think we get a real sense of like, well, maybe this isn't what I think it is. Well, uh, just a couple comments, Joe, yeah. on what you've said. Um, number one is uh, I think that you're pleasantly surprised at yeah. the progress you've made in your own family. Yes. And that really comes across. And uh, number two, uh, we're talking about putting uh, our own health in our hands, not in anybody else's. Right. And, you know, I think after a while... Um, all of us really know kind of what whole foods are. I mean, if you right. if you think about vegetables, we all know that those are whole foods. And right. some of it is, is kind of, you know, simple, but we need to just kind of go back to really the way we used to eat 
before refined and processed foods came about. Right. Um, I have also in my family, you know, started making some of these healthy changes. And I noticed, too, this week that I um, prepared home-cooked meals a lot more than I normally do because I was expecting company. Right. And so, really, I think most of um, my diet this week was um, happily, I can say, a lot of whole foods. Um, so... Not entirely, like you said, I did have some white flour and that type of thing, but just the overall general awareness and the makes those changes come in time. Right. Yeah. To to look at your plate and see. Yes. I can differentiate mm-hmm. what I'm eating here as opposed to a, a packaged food generally, where you couldn't cut between those different. I mean, to actually see what's actually in there, you'd need like little vials on the table and like yes. little powders and like Scary. little. Yeah, you you would need a whole like array of like different things spread mm-hmm. out before you off forty ingredients. But when you eat broccoli, yes, one ingredient there, right. you know what it is. Exactly. The, the real thing. I was actually talking to Roman about this a little bit earlier, kind of getting all fired up, and mm-hmm. he was he was actually um, telling me he was eating a really good buckwheat cereal for breakfast, a whole grain buckwheat cereal, and we got into this conversation mm-hmm. about real food and and talking about it. And just the the truth is we have no idea all the benefits yes. that real food has for us. We we're talking about ingredients like resveratrol oh, that you sure. find in red wine. Uh-huh. You know, some of these ingredients have come right. out very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say in human history, we, we're just discovering now yes. and realizing, man, this, this little chemical that's been mm-hmm. in our food for forever has really amazing properties to it. Yeah. Yes. And so I, we, that's, that's really for me what drives this equation mm-hmm. for me is like, Real food has properties you can't imagine that are good for you. Processed foods, just mm-hmm. the opposite. It has, you know, I was reading um, Udo Rasmus's book mm-hmm. this week on fats, and um, he's really talking about that there's there's chemicals in fried foods. We know that they're there. We have no idea how mm-hmm. bad they are for mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing that they're not beneficial for us. Right. I mean, if you can imagine. Uh, you know that the, you know go with the time track record and see mm-hmm. over time we look at these ingredients and generally we don't find that they're good for us and beneficial right. we that's usually right. find the opposite mm-hmm. um, so that's you know that's a really interesting information uh, about that that last week's challenge once again that kind of challenge it gets me fired up a little bit uh, just to look once again into my food and say okay what's there and what's really not there mm-hmm. um yeah, I think we're both pleasantly, pleasantly surprised yes. a little bit. And once again, yeah. realizing for that other percent that's like, hey, this isn't perfect, but that's not the goal. The goal is to really make sure that included in every day mm-hmm. is some real food. Yes. And so that's good. Uh, that's some encouraging words. And uh, that gets us into this week's um, main topic, which uh, we're actually going to cover what I consider to be one of the top three as far as ingredients that mm-hmm. show up in our food that really don't have much value to them as far as nutrient value. Now they have great calorie value, mm-hmm. but calorie isn't our issue in America. Right. You know, we're not yeah, calorie deficient. True. We're not having that issue. Uh, we're really having an issue with nutrient deficiencies yes. and all these things that, you know, too much toxicity, too little nutrients. And this is one of those ingredients that can be in your food and can can really, I think, wreak havoc on your, havoc mm-hmm. on your diet as far as too many calories, the wrong kind of calories, wrong toxicity, not enough nutrients. Um, 
so you know the, the the fat conversation we're usually having and talking about in this country is how much fat mm-hmm. and then breaking that down into its categories how much saturated fat are you eating mm-hmm. and now more recently we're understanding the benefits of monounsaturated fats mm-hmm. we've known you know about the uh, benefits of polyunsaturated fats which are the essential fats uh, the the category where the essential mm-hmm. fats are found and so um, you know those kind of conversations are usually where where we end up when we talk about fat. But I think there's more to the conversation we want to cover today uh, when we talk mm-hmm. about uh, when we actually eat this fat. You know what can it actually do for us beyond some of these basic surfaces, what I would call surfaces type of issues. But let's talk a little bit first about um, the mix of fats that we talk about. Things like saturated mm-hmm. fat or monounsaturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, trans fat. You know we kind of break food down into its categories. And I think a little bit too much. So like something like butter, mm-hmm. I think the first thing people would think of is saturated fat. Right. It's all saturated fat. Uh, may, maybe even think that for things like avocado or peanut butter or some mm-hmm. of those kind of things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe more than normal, but saturated fat. But it, I think we think in, in terms of definitive. But it's, it's either kinda, one or the other. Yeah, it's you're either a monounsaturated, uh-huh. you're either olive oil, monounsaturated, you're, you know, flaxseed oil, omega-3, you know. Right. Uh, I think we break it down too much, but I think what we really need to realize is food is more dynamic than that, just like mm-hmm. we always realize mm-hmm. every time we investigate. Um, so th- something like I want to break some of these down, uh, looking at like butter, mm-hmm. which is we just assume 100% saturated fat right. probably, yep. uh, which is actually 64% saturated fat. Now, that's mm-hmm. a high percentage, obviously. It's butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an animal food product, mm-hmm. generally high in saturated fat. But do we know that there's actually 26% of it is monounsaturated fat, which we now know has some benefits, um, 4% polyunsaturated fats, uh, and then peanuts, you know, generally we think, once again, high in saturated right. fat maybe, uh, 17% saturated mm-hmm. fat. Mm-hmm. And actually, this food, once again, very high in monounsaturated fat, 46%. So most of it actually is monounsaturated fat. And then 32% of these polyunsaturated fats. Um, and then flax oil, uh, which I think both of us would prize, is a pretty nutrient-dense oil. Uh, has you a lot bet. of good properties for yes. us as Americans, especially in a balancing way. We're going to talk about that next podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 10% saturated fat. So there actually is still some saturated fat there. There's right. still some saturated fat. 20% mono, mm-hmm. 70% poly. You know, I think we part of the conversation can start there at least to say fat is foods are broken down into fats in, in more dynamic ways than we can imagine. And then beyond that, though, I think some of the conversation we're going to want to have today is really we can't just break foods down into these simple categories of saturated, mono, or poly. We really have to look more at, once again, what happens to the food from start to finish. So it starts off as a natural food, something like a soybean mm-hmm. or like a corn kernel or, you know, like an almond. And then it goes through a process that can really affect how it actually can benefit our health or, or make our Deplete. health worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what we want to cover today. We really want to get more in depth on beyond the total, beyond the saturated fat, you know, beyond some of these big categories. Mm-hmm. What can we look at? The first thing, you know, looking into this issue, uh, I think some of the first things you can differentiate between are things like cold press and chemical extraction. And I don't, maybe people listening don't even know that that's an, even an option. They just assume that there's cold press and maybe non-cold press or like, you know, um, not really realizing that there's more than a few options. So I just want to kind of clarify one thing, Joe. Um, we're talking about... Um, all foods that are fa- have fat in them, 
are not just made up of one kind of fat, but right. they usually have a combination of polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, and saturated. Right. And depending really on the um, percent of each, um, it will have either more or less health benefits. Yeah, and I think some of that really is even harder to define because, um, once again, if we have one-track mind thinking mm-hmm. saturated fat being the bad guy, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can really miss out on some of the benefits that actually saturated fat can have. Sure. And so, yeah, it's that conversation really is, and it's almost even like it's definitely not something we can really kind of all get, into, get right? our minds today. all the way around yeah. today. Uh, one thing to be aware of, once again, though, is that these definitive lines that we kind of cut sometimes mm-hmm. are not as definitive as we may think. Right. Uh, food is, once again, just a little more dynamic than we're able to exactly. to give credence to. But I think what also you're saying here is that the way it's processed, our oils, et cetera, make a difference on either it being nutrient dense or depleting our nutrients. Right. And, and that's what you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and this actually, right. So actually what we're talking about here is really more of the oils. So we look mm-hmm. at the liquid oils. So once okay. we've maybe taken the oil out of the product, uh, once we've actually extracted the oil, so you get things like natural foods that will have mm-hmm. oil in them, um, like the you know like peanuts or avocado or some of sure. those things that I eat the food and it has some fat in it, and if it hasn't been heavily processed, mm-hmm. that's really good. Right. But now we're going to talk about actually what what if I ex- what if I extract that oil out? Okay. What if I actually pull that oil out and process it? Mm-hmm. And now I'm actually going to use it as its own separate ingredient. You know, right. so I can eat a soybean mm-hmm. or I can have the soybean oil. Right. Uh, once I make that differentiation, what are some of the differences that can happen there? Because I know eating a soybean oil is going to be good or eating a soybean is going to be good sure. for me. And if I if it hasn't been heavily processed, right. like something like edamame, you might find in your freezer yes. section actually going to have benefits for me. Yes. Really going to be good for me. But now what happens as I as I go through the processing and mm-hmm. end up with this oil that typically I buy on the shelf looks really clear. Right. No smell to it, mm-hmm. all these kind of things. What happened before it got to me? Mm-hmm. Because that's, I think, what we're missing. You know, we can look at the label and say, oh, there's this much polyunsaturated fat. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have some, we love definitives in America. Like, man, this is definitely something. You know, I can yes. look and hold on to how much saturated fat's in this oil. Mm-hmm. But what about the things that we maybe are not wrapping our minds around? Maybe, I'd say, in some ways, a little bit hidden from us. Right. Uh, that's some, right. Something like the processing of the oils. And okay. so, uh, once again, cold press or mm-hmm. sometimes called expeller pressed mm-hmm. is one way to get oil out. So I can press, actually I can press the seed or whatever the item is and mm-hmm. actually push the oil out. Kind of like similar to like juicing an apple. Right. So I can actually make the, the oil flow from it. Um, or I can chemically extract it. So I can use something like a hexane or something more like a petroleum product mm-hmm. that would actually be able to pull the oil out. And then try to get rid of that that chemical. So I think from our standpoint, we like cold press, expeller press, mm-hmm. definitely the way to go. There are some dynamics there, though. They even go beyond that. So okay. I think that that can at least be a first start for some of our listeners mm-hmm. is start with cold press, expeller press. Um, but even during that processing, mm-hmm. you can get too much heat because if you understand like physics a little bit, if I pressure... Mm-hmm. If I add pressure to the system to get the seed, the oil out of the seed or whatever I'm pressing, I can actually increase the heat just by sure. pressing. Right. Not, and so a cold press really speaks to a, um, a system where I don't add heat to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I can't let the heat go up because sure. the higher heat actually does help the oil come out mm-hmm. easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also 
um, you know, the friction of actually yes. the, the things hitting each other causing more heat. So cold press isn't a great definitive term to say, oh, that's definitely a healthier oil sure. because the system can actually be allowed to be heated, uh, come up to a certain heat, mm-hmm. but not heat actually added, added. From, added outside. So that's at least some start for our, our listeners. I'm definitely not a big fan of of uh, chemical extracted, which is generally right. what you have to do with soy and corn. Because mm. oil doesn't flow real mm-hmm. easily from those two, mm-hmm. and that's generally where we're getting a lot of our of our um, oils from. And so during the processing, high heat yes. is applied generally. Uh, this chemical ex- solvent is applied, mm-hmm. um, really increasing the rate of oxidation in mm-hmm. the oil itself and causing a lot of negative processes to happen. So they actually go through these different processes to end up with this mm-hmm. totally clear totally odorless, mm-hmm. really doesn't have much flavor to it, oil. Uh, so one of the first processes is actually what's called the gumming. They pull the nutrients out. And so we're uh-huh. familiar with this. This right. is the, kind of the process, isn't it? From Right mm-hmm. from the get-go, things like flour, where we pull out the nutrients, yes. things like sugar, we've talked about pulling out the nutrients. <laughs> right. This is the same thing happening here. You know, there's beneficial things like le- lecithin and vitamin E and plant sterols mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of different beneficial nutrients that show up and kind of a, like I said, equating it almost to like juicing. Yes. If you juice something, a lot of those nutrients follow in with the juice. Right. Um, so the same thing's going to happen when I press something like a nut or a seed or, or something that will have fat in it. Those beneficial ingredients will actually come into the oil. So what we end up with is something that can be very beneficial for us, can mm-hmm. actually have a lot mm-hmm. of benefits for us. But right there, first step, let's take those things out. We don't want them in there. We want the nice, clean-looking right. oil and all those kind of things. And then next step, let's add some heat to it um, through a refining step. Uh, let's bleach it. You know, we love yes. things bleached in America right. as well. And then uh, deodorizing, which sounds like a very harmless process, which but can generally really be high heated to temperatures of 500 degrees mm-hmm. uh, Fahrenheit or more. And so, I, you know, from our standpoint, knowing that you shouldn't put something like flaxseed oil or yeah. something with high yes, poly right. in a frying pan, uh-huh. which is going to get hot, um, it's not good if they do that at the front no. end. No, so they not. tell us later, mm-hmm. don't put this in a frying pan. But the first, you know, at, at the onset, it's getting these what high heat temperatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, today's processing, once again, leads us with this tasteless, odorless uh, oil that's devoid of nutrients and has increased now increased toxins because of the heat processing and some of the oxidation that has gone on there. And once again, oxidation, we may cover that term from time to time. Uh, we know it better as the other side of it, which is antioxidant. Mm-hmm. So you have oxidation and antioxidant. So o- antioxidants fight against some oxidation. Oxidation obviously having some negative effects in the body. Mm-hmm. And so when you heavy heat oils, especially polyunsaturated fat oils, like a soybean oil, has mm-hmm. a lot of polyunsaturated fats, mm-hmm. um, then you can actually destroy a lot of those properties uh, and actually in, during that time create some toxins. So what, what are some beneficial oils maybe that we're looking at that we can we can do in, as opposed to some of these things that we'll find in processed foods or maybe some of the oil that we won't give any names right now, but oils maybe that we know we're talking about when it's really clear and has no flavor, no taste yeah. to it, no smell to it. What are some what are some well, options? Well, we're here? definitely talking about extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, I love that. And I like walnut oil. Right. And some other nut oils like that. Well, a walnut, and um, I've even used almond oil. Right. Um, and those, like you said, Joe, can't be really heated. You just want to add it to your um, application food, you know, 
kind of at the end, mix right. it in. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the things we want to change for people. We're so used to this idea of frying in a pan mm-hmm. and adding these really high, highly processed oils to our food. But I think a really a better way to look at it is getting it right from the food. Why don't we look at things like unroasted nuts and, and seeds? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at things like avocados. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, dairy, I know we kind of, kind of talk about this a little bit uh, mm-hmm. before the show, just how I'd love to talk more about dairy. Because actually, you know, dairy is a great food. It really has lots of nutrients mm-hmm. in it. But once again, in the processing and the pasteurization, right. I think there can be some damage there. And some of the things we do, I think it can still have some of the beneficial nutrients involved there, even after yes. the processing mm-hmm. and pasteurization. But, um, you know, we can get it right from some of the sources as opposed Whole to foods. pulling mm-hmm. it out right. and then just kind of getting it later as an add-on, mm-hmm. which, you know, somehow it's weird, mm-hmm. but it's processing it and then it actually gets cheaper. The food gets cheaper that way, uh, partially because of subsidies and some of those issues. But, um, you know, it's kind of odd that we're, we're dealing with these ingredients that somehow are cheaper, but you add all these ingredients together. Uh, right. And, it gets kind of crazy. So uh, I think, you know, some of the things to leave you with today are just really to, to start considering uh, how much are we eating processed oils mm-hmm. uh, and start to look into a little bit of the issue maybe of what happens when they take my polyunsaturated mm-hmm. oil and process it. You know, what's my end product? Is it going to be that mm-hmm. healthy for me? Um, you know, and one of the things I think we, we can look at is, you know, if an oil has a good taste to it, actually has a good taste to it, has a smell to it, mm-hmm. has some color to it, uh, I think we have a little more assurance that it's probably yeah. less processed, less refined. So mm-hmm. unrefined oils, um, definitely from our standpoint, better. Uh, be looking for those. Uh, but this week, let's get in our health, weekly mm-hmm. health challenge here. We want to, once again, this is just in a step of awareness, is we want to become aware of how much are we eating processed oils. Mm-hmm. You'll find that they're in every food you eat. Uh, we hadn't highlighted until now, besides the trans fats, you know, mm-hmm. some of the some of the downside to eating all these fats and how often we're eating them. So we really want you to kind of become aware. Two of the more common ones you'll see are soy and corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other ones, cottonseed oil. Um, you know, there are a number of ones that they just have to use either chemical extraction mm-hmm. or, you know, so much heat that it's just not a natural. It's like we talked about this before. I think we covered this in another podcast. Like I've never had... I've never eaten so much corn that I was like, man, I had so much fat. You know, like, so right. the, these foods don't naturally have that much fat in them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, you, uh, you know, those are the, the main things we're going to have to look at this week is just kind of mm-hmm. flipping that label around once again, just becoming aware, just continue to increase awareness. What am I actually eating? And then we'll continue. Actually, we're going to continue this conversation next podcast. We're going to talk more about oils and fats. We're going to get a little bit more into the issue of omega-3s and omega-6s and mm-hmm. why is it important to talk about both and why aren't we getting enough of one of them. Um, so we're going to really start getting a little more in-depth. This is one of those ones we knew we needed two podcasts to cover. There's so much information here. So we hope you see we see you next time at the, the Oat Health, Heart Health podcast. Um, this is show number 22. And once again, the show notes and support materials on www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcasts.